was the power of the kingdom. You remember how he does this. There are people who are sick and blind and demon-possessed. And Jesus heals them and delivers them. How is he able to do that? He is able to do that because he has already been in the wilderness, facing the evil one, overcoming him. And in that overcoming of him, he has gained power to set men and women free and to restore them to God's purposes. And this is what he begins to do. He begins to, as it were, just show little glimpses of what his final kingdom will be like. Here is a man who has a withered hand, and Jesus restores him. Here is a man who is blind, and Jesus gives him sight. Here is a man who is deaf, and Jesus enables him to hear. He doesn't do it to everybody. He doesn't do it universally. It's not that time yet. But the kingdom has come, and men and women are being restored to God's original purposes. And then he shows the power of the kingdom by the way in which he calls people into his kingdom. You remember how we're told in Matthew chapter 4, he comes on those young men who are in their father's fishing business, and he summons them to leave their nets and to come and to be his disciples, because he will make them fishers of men. So he has authority to heal, and he has authority to call, because he is the king, and to the king, men and women owe allegiance, and before the king, diseases will flee, and evil spirits will be banished. In fact, all of Jesus' miracles are a little like a momentary flash of light that reveals to us what his final kingdom is really going to be like. And then as he has called his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, he is essentially saying to them, I have transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That light is not yet fully and finally shining. And until that light fully and finally shines, you are going to be living in a world that is full of difficulty, full of all kinds of spiritual dangers. And I want you to come with me, he goes to the mountain. I want you to come with me, he says, so that I can teach you this new life that I'm calling you to live in the kingdom of God. There is a sense in which we can summarize the first chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, as we have it in Matthew chapter 5, with the word fulfillment. Jesus is the one who fulfills the prophecies and promises of the Old Testament, and Matthew has used a number of quotations from the Old Testament to show us this. Jesus is the one who brings fulfillment to broken and bruised lives. And Jesus is the one who fills his people full of life that has lived for the glory of God. And so as we come to the Sermon on the Mount, this is the context in which Jesus is preaching the sermon. And within that context, he's wanting to show us 
the difference between life without Christ and life with Christ. The difference between living for ourselves and living for the glory of God. And if you leaf through the Sermon on the Mount, you'll see how he does this. He speaks, first of all, about blessings that come to our lives that are altogether different from the blessings of the world. They seem to reverse the standards of the world. Uh, As we'll see later, he says, it's the meek who are blessed and inherit the earth, which seems to run in a very counter-cultural direction to the way in which we ordinarily think and what we actually usually experience. It's not the meek who inherit the earth. It's the ambitious and the driven and the proud and the get out of my way who inherit the earth.